Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and I'm here with Alan. How are you, man? I'm good. You alright? Yeah, yeah, no. It's been a tough start to the week, but... Yeah. That's You've been working hard, haven't you? That's, yeah, no. On the but you are still here for the pod, which is more we can say for um, Matt. Yeah. Another quick-fire trip to Japan for another anime conference. Yeah, he got a last-minute call and he had to go, didn't he? Or he said he had to go. But anyway, we hope he will be back to join us next week. Yeah, should be here. Um, But thanks again for joining us, guys, on iTunes, Acast, or any other podcast um, app where you are finding us. You've been chatting to us absolutely loads on Twitter, at ThistleRugbyPod, and slightly less on Instagram, (laughs) at... Uh, no, not at, so that's um, Thistle understroke rugby understroke pod. I think part of that's our fault in that we haven't put anything up for a couple of weeks, but, you know, bear with us. There's not been a particular amount of fire content getting put up on Instagram. I yeah. mean, I haven't put one thing up. So. But the Twitter, though, that's going. Twitter is on That fire. is going off. We're getting told that we're biased towards both Edinburgh and Glasgow, so I feel that we're doing all right. Yeah, I see. I can kind of get people saying that we're slightly biased towards Glasgow, because I think we probably do talk about them more than Edinburgh. The idea that we're biased towards Edinburgh... It's completely, <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Sort of slam a lot of their players quite often. So yeah, well, we'll try. We will continue to talk about both. You know what's yeah. interesting, and you know, Glasgow have been doing slightly better recently. Although Edinburgh are coming back, which is really exciting. They to are see. coming back. Um, thanks a lot for everyone who's got on iTunes and left us a review. Please, if you haven't done so yet, get on there. Five stars, of course. Um, leave us a review and you will get it read out on the pod. How about this? From the Channel Highlander, he says, I'm a Jersey boy who supports Scotland through my dad. Scotland get very little chat on other rugby podcasts, but I love your spin on Scottish rugby. Honest and funny. 
Spreading out through the Commonwealth. Yeah, good to see. Hitting those tax evaders. Well, exa- I have heard that there's a big crossover between Scottish rugby fans and tax avoidance. It's so true. It's, um, it's good to see. So, obviously, there was the big game against Samoa at the weekend. We're going to get into that and obviously preview the match coming up against um, double world champions New Zealand at Murrayfield on Saturday. And we'll do a quick roundup of some news that's come out in... Just today's actually been a really busy day for news. But I think before all of that, we owe one man in Scottish rugby an apology, don't we, Alan? Oh, oh sweet Daryl. Daryl, Daryl, Daryl. Heir's finest son. Heir's finest son. And yeah. Um, I think we were, well, we were critical of Daryl. I think he's come from a position where he wasn't getting a start in the premiership. He was brought into Edinburgh as somebody, which he was going to be a backup to Rizzo. I mean, look, what, was he let go by two premiership clubs? He yeah, was. He was. Has he had four Pro 14 caps? Yes. I feel like some of our trepidation last week was slightly warranted. However. However, I think his performance on Saturday was really, really excellent. Offered an awful lot around the park. Turning over ball for the first try and a couple of other times during the game. Solid in the scrum, solid around the park. Darren Marfo, well done. Best loose head, loose head in the world, mate. Uh, I would say so now, yeah. Did you read the stuff that he, I think it was reported in Scrum Magazine is where I read it, about how he got signed for Edinburgh? No. So supposedly, obviously, he went on a temporary deal to Bath, and when that expired, Marfo said that he took a punt and sent John Petrie an email saying, this is the exact quote, look, mate. I hear you're looking for a loose head. Marfo supposedly didn't even mention his eligibility, and John Petrie took a punt at him. <laughs> and two months later, he's playing for Scotland against New Zealand. That is unbelievable. I mean, what? fair play. I, I love the guy. That is great. That is great. Um, Next I'll time be- there's a job that I just want that's sort of open, I'm just gonna be like, listen, take a punt, take a punt, take a punt. So well done, Daryl. Um, we apologise for the way we treated you last week. Yeah, took a. Took a couple of bombs for on Twitter for how we'd treated Marfo on the pod. We did. But, you know, I think we were justified in some of our trepidation and we have put our hands up to say that we're, uh, we're culpable for that. We did. So, so, look, move on. And you know what? Let's hope he can bring it to New Zealand. Yeah, I have a feeling that scrumming against Samoa and scrumming against New Zealand are slightly different things. Like, I'm so ready to be wrong again, though. Oh, I'm so ready. So ready. <laughs> so ready for man of the match, Daryl Marfo. Fingers crossed. Okay, other news. How about this? Scotland captain John Barkley has signed for Edinburgh. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, good. It's. Uh, I think it's all pretty much all confirmed now. Um, so I discussed this last week. Looks like that's John Hardy definitely out. Seems that way, doesn't and it? And do you think it sort of shows intent by SOU that they might ha- be expecting a bit more free cash at the end of the year? Maybe. I, I'm just, I mean, I'm, John Barkley's not going to be cheap. He's not going to be coming cheap. And it feels like possibly, you know, they've got, they feel like they're going to have a bit more money spare at the end of the, end of the year. And maybe it's time to bring the great man home. It- Who's the great... Whoa, what, John? John! Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think you're talking about somebody else there, yes. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great signing. He's going to bring leadership. I think it's also with one eye on, although this is certainly what Mark Palmer is saying, and as uh, I think he has the best line into the SRU than any of the... Other than us, of course, of any of the uh, big decisions being made. 
it's all about resting his body up for the World Cup. And that's what I said last actually, week. Actually, so, yeah, quite, I didn't even listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Mark Palmer's taking that from me. Is Mark Palmer? Oh, Mark, stop Bloody it. Bloody Mark, <laughs> stop it. Um, another signing at Edinburgh Rambo, t- man of the match, two try scoring legend, uh, Stuart McAnally, re-signing at Edinburgh for the next two years, I think. Yeah. So I guess it's probably good. What got him? Ross Ford, Neil Cochran, pretty steady three hookers on the books and looks like McInerney is going to be first choice going forward for well currently for Scotland and Edinburgh yeah so I think we'll, we'll obviously get into that when we talk about the Samoa game but it did seem to work well with him starting and then um, George Turner coming off the bench do you think him picking up his form has got anything to do on his return to sort of the return to his school ground I think Myerside certainly is a special venue. The hallowed turf. The hallowed turf of Myerside, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think he said it in his, his interviews before he started um, the Scotland game last week. It's just he's getting a huge amount of game time. Cockerell is obviously um, taking a liking to him, and he's always had that talent. I mean, five years ago, he was playing at number eight for Edinburgh, and now he's starting at hooker for Scotland. Yeah. At any, at any like, level, that is an impressive thing to do. But to do it at international is, pre- is pretty good. I feel like... What Edinburgh ne- needed and what Ro- we what Ross Ford needed was a fresh pair of eyes to look at him. Cockrell's yes. come in, fresh pair of eyes, and realised what everyone else in Scotch rugby <laughs> has realised <laughs> for the last three years. <laughs> that Ross Ford's maybe not up to it. Maybe just not up to it. He does have massive arms, though. He does, and he has... He's been on the Lions tour, so... He is Lions legend. So, um, congrats, Rambo, on that. What a week for him. Um, any other news? Uh, see, the Nuke. The Nuke has arrived. The Nuke has arrived. He is big. He's absolutely... He might be bigger than Ollie Kebble uh, as well. Well, that was... Ju- are they both... I mean, they're both props. Do they they, could they play at the same time, though? I, I think they can. I have no reason to believe otherwise. So we hope that one of them's a loose head and one of them's a tight head. I mean, George Turner is going to look literally tiny <laughs> if he's in between the two of them. Um, yeah, and the Nukes moved into a new pad. You were telling me about this with Big Brian. Big Brian and his cat, who yeah. I've now started following on Instagram. What the hell is him him and his cat about? It's just, it's quite strange, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite he's got a really nice relationship with him, but... He does have a really nice relationship. But yeah, I think supposedly the, the Nuke and Big Bry go back a little bit. So um, yeah, Bry's opened up opened up the house. How much food though? Ah, I mean... That's 30, that's 45 stone between the two of them probably. Yeah, I think maybe the cumulative age is less than the weight. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Well, Brian's Brian's declared age. Yeah, Brian's declared age. We will see about that, but that's fine. Um, don't think there's any other news, is there? The chat is in the Bristol Post that Will Hurrell has already yes. signed for Edinburgh. Already signed. So that was Bristol Post reporting on what I think was actually a rugby paper rumour. Right. So by the time it got onto our Twitter feed, it was third, um, third hand. That's like most of the things we post on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. I did run it by the, the guys at Edinburgh, and whether it was being stonewalled or whatever, they said they hadn't heard of Will Harrell. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see. You know, he either will or will not be an Edinburgh player next year. The rugby paper does have some absolutely rogue rumours in its uh, in its rumour mill looking yeah. back to the SRU investing in Worcester Warriors speaking of rogue rumours Jim Hamilton saying that John Barkley was off to Harlequins yeah, I know. just <laughs> yesterday 
So, pretty good. And seeing Johnny Grace signed on the dotted line for Bristol. So, who knows? Uh, I don't think we can take anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. We did hear a whisper of Johnny Gray to um, in a Sale, didn't we? Yes, we did. Although, although or that Sale were trying. Or Sale were trying, but... But supposedly Rich- Richie hated it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Richie didn't do well at Sale, so I can't imagine why he would tell Johnny to go... The cash. <laughs> it is all about the cash. And Sale have so much cash. Well, they've got loads of cash. If Montpellier are in for him, as we think they might be, they've got so much cash. Yeah. So, interesting stuff to see. I think, um, I was about, what was the other thing you wanted to touch on? We apologize to any of our Twitter followers who were hoping to win the tickets to the Samoa game last Saturday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it is a, it is a, in the terms and conditions of tickets that you're not allowed to offer them as prizes. Yeah. So, we didn't know that. So, apologies for that, for getting people's hopes up. But you did uncover some unbelievable names for nominations for the worst people that have ever played for Scotland. Who were your favourites, Alan? Uh, Derek Lee <laughs> is by far my favourite. I hadn't actually remembered that name for about 10 years. but So I, good, right? I think he might have been the worst player. And I enjoyed Glenn Metcalf, open brackets, seven feet of pish, close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Apologies. We will not be running any competitions unless, you know, we get some actual prizes that we can offer you exactly or we, someone did say that you what you're meant to do is offer a prize of like a spoon and say it comes with tickets it comes with so we might do some you know thistle pens or yeah. beer mats or something like that with exactly a, with a, a ticket stitched to the back um should we get into it then that game which you uh, weren't able to get your tickets to scotland samoa an absolute tri-fest 44 38 with stuart hogg hugh jones Stuart McAnally with a brace, Dunbar and Horn crossing for Scotland with Finn with his kicking boots on, getting quite a lot of the extras. What did you make of it, Alan? I think, firstly, as a spectacle, I think it's this sort of game that if you don't normally watch rugby, you think it was a good game of rugby. <laughs> That's a really interesting way of putting it. We put it out on Twitter earlier. Some of you will know we asked you to describe it in three words, and it ranged from the angry, for fuck's sake, and big steaming pile, to the more, <laughs> constru- the more constructive, which work in progress, defense was optional, room for improvement, and Matt Taylor's crying. Uh, but I thought the best was um, stop Mexican waves. Which I thought was really good. There was a significant amount of Mexican waves going it's on. It's always a thing, though. Yeah, and, but this this is what I was saying, is I think you sort of look at that score and you sort of look at the highlights and you sort of think that this must have been this incredibly engaging, pulsating event. But actually, for multiple periods of that game, I was relatively bored. Yeah, it was rubbish, wasn't it? Um, but what, what do you think of the, the big takeaways? Obviously, the defence was absolutely deplorable so should we start with negatives let's start obviously start with the negatives Delightful. With you. yeah um your favorite let's go with restarts i think that's got to be i know it's not the most important thing but but it's just the why? most why why can't why can't we do them why <laughs> why <laughs> it was twice it was the twice when we went we'd scored the try and we got out to sort of 10 12 points ahead and you're thinking right that's fine we've managed to you know stem the tide and then Somebody drops the restart or it goes over a head and it just ends up in Samoan hands. It's pathetic. It's it's just the fact that it's just this constant recurring issue 
that we just don't seem to be able to get over. And I don't know... I mean, it's not a question of technique or anything. It's just concentration. Um, Do you think they were feeling the same relief as we were as fans? They're like, Christ, we've scored. Finally, we've, you know, we've opened that gap up again. Yeah. Let's just crack on. And it just, it just seems that it's... We've been doing this pod for a year. And pretty much in every international match, I reckon we've given away points through restarts. Yes, 100%. It you, is, you know how you get these like niche coaches that are like... He's a line-out coach. Yeah. Or he's a scr- There's got to be a restart coach out there somewhere. Get him in. Two-week consultant job. Who's good at them? New Zealand are good at them, so that's um, worrying. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just can't be that bad. I know. It's. Um, I remember playing second 15 rugby at uni, and Loughborough second 15 were doing lifting line-outs and take, catching them all. <laughs> it's un- it unbelievable. Yeah. If uh, they can do it. I mean... Just... I don't, I don't know what it is, but Gregor, I know you're listening out there. Can you just do some restart practice just this week, please? Get this sorted. Get that sorted. Because you're right, New Zealand actually, to, be, to sort of bring it back to a bit more serious point, is New Zealand and specifically someone like Kieran Reid are incredible because Borden and Barrett can put it so high and so accurate. They're so good at getting ball back on their own restarts. Yes. Yeah. And so I think it's something that they're probably going to have looked at and they're going to pinpoint on Saturday the only time I've seen a Scotland team recover a restart was in the sevens final last year when they did the little <laughs> dink to 10 I've never seen Scotland recover one of their own restarts yeah completely agree <laughs> I don't think it's ever happened um, the other main negative I would say was clearly the, the defence around the fringes and how porous we were whenever it sort of Samoa seemed to do one or two or three pick and goes we just seemed to crumble around and all structure just disappeared yeah, I think there was just no real intensity at the breakdown and people weren't missing tackles. No. It was just they were winning the collisions and there was no one in that Scotland team apart from at certain points kind of Hamish Wil- Wilson and Watson, Watson. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit and I think one or two moments McAnally who really were able to sort of come at Samoa with the same sort of aggression. Uh, ab- absolutely. And I think there was, I, I don't know, it just seemed that either the organization wasn't there or people weren't working hard enough or, I mean, maybe fair play to Samoa, they were blasting through the, the, the rucks quick enough that they were just... Um, but they weren't being that quick. Let's no, they weren't. So I'm, try- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to excuse Scotland for what was just a very poor show and I think it must be down to organization. Yeah, about... Well, I don't think it even does really have to do down to organisation because they were there, apart from the last Samoan try where they literally just walked through the middle. A lot of those tries were just yeah. either one-out runners or pick-and-goes and then making one or two yards every single time. I mean, I suppose they are like physical beasts. Like That is what Samoa does bring to the party. They will have individual, massive, powerful players. Yeah. But it just seems to me, off the back of you know the two big losses in Europe for Glasgow, Exeter, and Leinster, where that just stuffed up your jumper, big carries, big carries, big carries. It's essentially the same personnel who are in that Scotland back row. That anything from like the, the yeah. second rows back is essentially Glasgow, and they just do not seem up to it. No, not at all. And I think it goes back to last season as well with France and Saracens. Something recurring theme that we've talked about over this whole pod is when. You have a team that has weight and big, abrasive ball carriers. We struggle. And do you think that feeds into this new brand of rugby that 
Gregor Townsend has said pretty openly in the press he wants to play the fastest brand of rugby in the world. Ridiculously optimistic for a Scotland team, but you know, that's what he's gone for. And we saw an awful lot of it at the weekend, lots of quick lineouts and things like that. Do you think that is a, as a result of them realizing, listen, we can't go toe to toe for 80 minutes? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, I think they've looked, they must have looked at the situation and said, with our current players and playing the current style we've been playing, which has done pretty well under Vern Cotter, we can beat sometimes your Wales, your Ireland's, even your sort of Australia's. Yeah. But actually, when it comes to those big, big teams, France, England, New Zealand, possibly sort of South Africa when they're on form, we just do not have the pack capable enough to handle yeah. that size. And so... Am I being... Uh, it, it must be slightly different, though, because Rambo did score those two tries from line-out catch and drive so that's presumably just technique as opposed to sort of sheer brute force i don't really know yeah we're two backs having a discussion yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but no i think you're right i think they've clearly you could see with the the quick line outs the quick tap and goes they're clearly pushing this brand of rugby and it'd be and it'd be interesting to see because i think if you if you do it against new zealand i think we're gonna probably lose quite by quite a large margin particularly but, if we're as loose with the ball <laughs> but is if this is a two-year or six-year plan then we've got to keep sticking with it i think yeah I, I think looking at the personnel as well there are some really interesting and young sort of ball carrying players um out there like xander Ferguson as a prop is something that's going to be a, he offers an awful lot around the park as a sort of ball carrier um george turner ball carrier sort of slightly lighter guys yeah that fit into this mold um I don't know. It, it, feel, it felt to me that the tactics were. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A little bit awry throughout the whole throughout the whole game. I I didn't think the tactics were completely awry. I think, you know, Price, Russell and Hogg and Jones are all kind of on the appear to be on the same wavelength. Yeah. You know, they get they get it. They get the speed of ball. But then there was other players in that team, even Dunbar to a point, Wilson, a few of the forwards, who just didn't seem to be on the exact same wavelength as, as some of those other players. And that's kind of where things stupid mistakes were happening, uh, unforced errors, sort of not being able to get to rocks in time. And I think possibly if you can get that whole team on the same wavelength as those players 
then it might actually become quite a successful sort of um, tactic. Yeah. On 60 minutes, Scotland are 32 10? 10. 32-10 up. You think the crisis is over? Yeah. Rings the changes at 60 mins, and then it seems all, all, all went to hell again. So do you think that's a management issue or just, uh, so as in a, a coaching issue or a sort of game management issue? I think it's probably a game management issue. I think at 32-10, I would have liked to have seen, I, I think Finn and um, Ali Price should have been looking, particularly with Henry Pergos coming on, there should have been a an acknowledgement that we're looking to close this out now. Maybe go for one, two more tries, but we're not, we don't need to chuck it around anymore. Yeah. Which... But what's make it exciting? It was very, <laughs> it was very exciting. What did you think of um, of Finn's game on Saturday? I think it's the exact same game he's been playing for, the, for since the start of the year. Yeah. Which is moments of utter brilliance mixed in with moments of utter dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can I 100% agree. Um, what about the kicking? I give him a little bit of stick about the kicking because I think he kicked away an awful lot of ball, but it does lead to points. It does lead, it does lead to points. And you're right, first try came through a Finn Russell kick. Stuart Hogg had a, a second try disallowed that also came from a Finn Russell kick. And it's obviously at a Glasgow and Scottish uh, in, in both camps, they've they've seen it as a as a way to to build points, um, and to be fair, it's it's very hit or miss. But actually, they have di- driven a lot of points this year from those little yeah. kicks. They're just really frustrating. <laughs> really frustrating when they don't work. It's annoying because I don't I didn't see that many times that we really built up the phases. No, on Saturday, which I was kind of hoping to see. I was kind of hoping to see us. You know, going through those sort of 15, 20 phases, going from sort of our 10-meter line to their 22 and kind of putting a real sort of passage of play together. And there wasn't really anything like that. And I, I still feel that that is a lot in part driven by Price and Russell just, A, just maybe not having the patience and B, just not having the games to really control yeah. the match. I I actually thought I think Russell absolutely agree with you on everything you said. It was a, it's just an extension of all the games he's played for Glasgow this year. With I mean that break he made and with the offload was just like amazing. Like there's yeah. only a handful of rugby players in the world that can do it. I thought Ali Price showed a little bit more sort of um, of that sort of marshalling skills. Although his box kicking was was better. Yes, and no, he had I, a, he had one right. sort of ranging kick down downfield which sort of turned everyone. Which I thought was really good um so yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see whether we go for this you know hair and hair and scare and pace against new zealand or we try and we try something different because i think if we're as loose with the ball and loose with our kicking as we are against new zealand if samoa can score 38 points against us how many can new zealand score 75 they can i mean they (laughs) i mean they, they probably can like yeah for every loose kick, uh, loose kick, or what is the the statistics on New Zealand off turnover ball are frightening. Like how how quickly they turn it into points. It is. We have to just be so so tight with the ball. You make me depressed. Weekend. I'm not trying to make you depressed, but should we focus on some positives from Samoa then to to perk you back up? I was going to chat about a couple more negatives. Go on then. <laughs> I was going to chat about the back row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The back row. We did talk about that. We 
were going to speak about this. What What do you think? I think Barkley, anonymous. Very, very quiet. I think one of the, the quietest games he's had in the Scotland show. But I think you've got to remember he has been out for quite a while. Yeah, so, and he played, I think he played the whole match, didn't he? Uh, or a large portion of it. Yeah, I, 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 I can't remember if Conor Dupree came on for him or Wilson, actually, if I'm honest. Which probably shows how anonymous the both of them were. Yes, I think that's probably true. Uh, I thought Hamish Watson was the standout back row player for Scotland. Um, quite rightly. He topped the carry count, I think, 17 metres made, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he wore some big old hits on the way to that. It's, it's and he made 15 tackles as well, so he was absolutely everywhere. It's the thing we've always talked about. For someone who you know isn't a big guy, he can just handle that oh, sort of play. Heavy traffic. He's, just, he's brilliant. He always makes yards after contact. We've said it countless times on this pod. Exactly. He's and just it, a brilliant, brilliant carrier of the ball. And Ryan Wilson, who was vice-captain, actually, with Stuart Hogg at the weekend, I know we've been, we got a little bit of abuse on Twitter for being too harsh against Ryan Wilson, but I just do not think that he is an international quality player. I haven't... I, I don't know what he did at the weekend. I've just looked at his stats on the ESPN thing. He made an attack, so he's got eight stats next to his name four carries four passes carries for nine meters for your number for your number eight yeah international level it's just i just don't think he's not bringing enough in attack or defense he's only he made nine nine tackles missed one and conceded one turnover and in in defense so as a stats line that doesn't read particularly well obviously stats don't tell you the full picture but i think that's fairly indicative i think if you look at cornell dupree who came on and started playing number eight, he made four carries for 17 metres yeah. in the 20 minutes that he was on, or 15 minutes that he was on. Yes. So you could say, listen, the Samoans were t- tiring or whatever, but it seems to me that Ryan Wilson just did not, again, as we've always said, did not step up and stamp his authority on that game. Yes, no, completely And agree. I just think if you look across the Six Nations, look at those big ball-carrying options in their packs. Like England have got, obviously an absolute embarrassment of uh, big ball carrying options but like Ireland Sean O'Brien CJ Stander Ian Henderson what worries me is that Scott that they don't have I don't think they even have one heavyweight ball carrier no they do it's interesting to, to think why Gregor Townsend doesn't feel he needs one when basically every other team in the world does <laughs> like well, they, they do is it that they don't have them available? We've talked a lot about Josh Strauss, but... We have talked a lot about Josh Strauss. I think Conor Dupree is probably basically, this, maybe just not slightly as good, but basically the same player as Josh Strauss. I think Conor Dupree's had a good start to the season or has at least been improving in all the games I've seen from for Edinburgh. And I think in terms of what we need as a team and in terms of getting the balance of that back row right, I and especially with Richie Gray out, because Richie Gray is actually probably one of our b- better, if not our best, ball-carrying yeah, forward. Yeah, true. And, and with, jo- his brother, Johnny, Johnny did have a better game, I thought, carrying-wise at the weekend. He yeah. seems to be much more willing to go hard and straight rather than he often seems to be 
taking the ball standing still yes. in previous tests, but he seemed to be making yards this time. I, I actually thought that whole front five, you know, until Nell came off and even when Xander Ferguson came on, you know, outside of that, if we just sort of park the ruck defence for a little bit, yeah. I actually thought that front five had a pretty good game in I terms agree. of set piece, getting around mm. the park, um, basically sort of doing their job. And um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Um, but that's I mean that's just a continuing issue for me that we just don't have that that one person or two people that you can give the ball to and know that they're going to get over the gain line. Yes. And I think when we come round to certainly New Zealand at the weekend, Australia following weekend, and then into the Six Nations. Yeah. Like that is really going to be. That's really going. We're going to really struggle. Yeah. Positives. Positives, why not? Um, well, one of mine was uh, Johnny Gray. I thought he had a much better um, he had a much better game carrying. Um, Darren Marfo, obviously stepping up to the international level. I thought Ram- I thought Rambo looked really, really good. Not just that he scored two tries. I thought he scrummaged well. He hit all his arrows, um, carried well. Yeah, looked looked like a really nice dynamic option at two. Um, how about Hugh Jones? God, I love I, I love Hugh Jones. How good is Hugh Jones, though? I, I slightly fancy Hugh Jones. I think I definitely fancy Hugh Jones. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think with him and Hogg, Seymour, you've got genuinely outside backs that can really make something happen. Yes, agreed. And with as I said, Donkey Taylor and Maitland as your backups, ready, ready to come back, which is really really good. I mean, Hugh Jones is he made eighty two meters. Dreaming. Carrying the ball, which is pretty pretty fucking good. I don't remember him having any outstanding sort of massively long breaks. Yeah, outside of his try, I don't really remember him making um, a break. But he does seem to just get on the outside of his opposite man. Yeah, almost every time, and just make ten, fifteen meters. He just looked. He looked fit. He looked lean, and he looked fast. He looked like a sort of a couple of steps faster than people, which I, I thought was really good. I mean, to be fair, he has been playing in the Curry Cup exactly this whole time. So you know, he's been playing sort of. Quick, a quick brand of rugby. He's not, well, he's not really had a big break at all. Barely. Um, but yeah, no, still, still looking sharp. On on that, the point you made earlier about some people look like they're up to playing the game and some people don't. There was one moment in the second half. I don't know if you remember it, but Hugh Jones went to go outside of his man, and Chris Harris had only been on the field for about a minute, and he stepped yeah. in, and it just yeah. looked like something that it just looked. R- there was either a miscommunication or Harris was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to step in and offer an option. Yeah. I feel a bit bad for Chris Harris. He didn't have a great... <clears throat> he didn't have a great debut, did he? He sort of, for the Tim Nanai try, he sort of uh, rushed up out of the line and that sort of um, opened up the little gap for Tim Nanai Williams sort of float through. Now, this is unfair. I'm looking at the ESPN stats pack. He doesn't have any statistics for attack. <laughs> so he obviously didn't attack, touch the ball in attack. Yeah. His defensive stats are one tackle attempt, one tackle miss. <laughs> so, and one turnover conceded. conceded. Oh, How is he conceding a turnover if he's not got any attacking stats? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> ESP, ESPN are just stitching him up. He's got absolutely nothing in attack. But basically, a mark against him in every column in the defense. <laughs> Poor lad. He's a good player. I'd like to see him giving uh, to, to stay in amongst the setup and, and, and keep working on his game. Yeah. Lee Jones, solid, solid, solid game. The thing about Lee Jones is I'm kind of like Samoa. 
I'm like, fine, you will do a solid job. And he did. Against New Zealand, with like Ricky Ione against Lee Jones, kind of sense. Calling him, we're calling him Ricky? Oh, Rico. Rico. <laughs> is it Rico? Ricky? Ricky? It's Rico, isn't it? I no. Th- I think it's Rico. Rico, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, Ricky versus Lee sends shivers down my spine a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Or actually, it might be Wasaki Naholo against Lee Jones. Oh, yeah, so that's fine then. Which actually, <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, Tommy Simo had a really terrible time against Wasaki Naholo and the Lions as well. Yeah. Um, so but we'll get into the New Zealand stuff quite soon. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's too much more to say on Samoa. No. Positives-wise, I think, other than there's room for improvement. There is room for improvement. There's one start I did want to pull out on Finn, we didn't get to it when we were supposed to, when we were talking about tactics. Finn's stats breakdown, so he had 44 touches. Yeah. And again, this is ESPN. Within those 44 touches, he had 14 kicks, 21 passes, and nine runs. So he's kicking and running more than he's passing. Which, I guess a lot of the play comes off Ali Price, but that is strange for a 10. That is quite strange. Yeah. For him to be kicking. I think that's a high kick number. Yes. It's a high run number as well. It's a very high run. Nine runs from your turn is quite high. Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think, like, Dan Parks ain't running nine times in a game. No. I'll tell you that much. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be kicking a lot more than 14. Yeah. Um, but anyway, why don't we go ahead and look forward to the New Zealand game Saturday, uh, Saturday night, 5.30 at Murrayfield. Do you think they'll do the blackout? Do you think they'll do the... Uh, they've already said they're going to do it. Well, they're already doing the blackout. Yeah, they've told everyone to be in their seats 30 minutes before. 30 minutes? You've got to be in your seats 30 minutes before kickoff. Because you got blackout anthems, hacker. Wow. Yeah. What a spectacle. Well, at least it's going to be entertaining for those 30 minutes. Um, I guess, what is to say? I mean, obviously, New Zealand have done the double over France in the last four days. So they beat the France first team with their first team. Yes. And then they've beaten the France second team with their second team. Yes. Um, both highly entertaining games. I've only seen the highlights of both, but they both looked really interesting. Yeah, I was trying to watch the first one, but it was on Premier Sports. I don't know what Premier Sports is. Uh, uh, yeah, so there you, there's, but, you, there you, know, you go. Fair, that exists. Fair play to you, Premier Sports. Um, what? Obviously, teams teams aren't out. We're recording Wednesday night. Teams aren't out yet. I suppose we'll see them tomorrow at lunchtime. What? Changes would you like to see Scotland make, if any? Um, I would. I, changes I would like to see, but will definitely not happen, is Conor Dupree for Ryan Wilson. Agreed. Um, I don't think there's any changes you can make in the front five, mainly just because I don't think Swinson offers you more than what Gray and Toulouse are doing at the moment. It's a worthwhile positive. I thought Toulouse had a very good game against um, Samoa. He did, and he he brings a bit. He he's at, he brings a bit more uh, sort of weight and physicality than maybe Johnny Gray has. Um, apart from that, I mean Seymour. There's a doubt about Seymour, um, which, which would, would be, be a, a shame. Huge, which would be a huge, huge loss. Who's gonna, who's going to start then? Uh, be McGuigan or Harris? McGuigan or Harris. So someone on debut against New Zealand. Exactly. Or you start. Or you start Horn and move. Um, Hugh Jones to the wing, but I just think moving Hugh Jones to the wing when he's by by far one of the best players. Just yeah, I think that Dunbar Jones twelve thirteen looks nice and solid. I'm quite happy with it. 
Yeah, and I actually like Pete, I actually like Pete Horn being on the bench. I thought he looked really good when he came on as well. But if Seymour is fit, I think. I mean, I was going to say possibly look at bringing Brian McGuigan on for Lee Jones. And just I, for height, New Zealand love cross kicks. Lee Jones is not tall. Yeah, exactly. Just for height, and whilst I think Lee Jones is super solid, I think Brian McGuigan just brings a little bit more X factor. He's Jets. Again, I, I think there is absolutely zero chance that Scotland are going to start Brian McGuigan in this game. Well, particularly because unless Chris Harris was given the option, you know, this is your Samoa's your game. You've got, you're going to get 20 minutes, have a crack. Because yeah. McGuigan was sent back to Sale. He played for Sale last weekend. No, he was. I mean, Chris Harris has played outside centre all season, so I would be pretty surprised if he yeah, chucked yeah, him yeah. in the wing against New Zealand. But um, we've been surprised before. The Tuni Tombola, I believe they call it. I know. If only Greg Tonks was around. If only Greg Tonks or Jack Cuthbert was available. So I think if, if there is if there's no injuries, Ferguson comes in. Uh, no more injuries. Ferguson comes in for Nell and the team stays the same. I don't want to labour the point too much, but that front row of Daryl Marfo, Stuart McAnally and Xander Ferguson is not world class. So... Not only, I think, is it a stretch to call it world-class, it's also just so fresh. So uh, fresh. It, so I mean, Ma- Rambo's by far the most capped player in there. Well, no, Ma- Ma- McInerney's only had four starts. He's had more caps. He's, he's only, more had, ca- uh, only had four starts for Scotland. Marfos had one. Ferguson's had nine. Two lists has had three starts. Uh. <laughs> Against Dane Coles. No, Dane Coles is out. Is Dane Coles getting injured? injured, yeah. Okay. Injuries out for six months. Oh, was he the only front row from New Zealand you could remember? Um, Joe Moody. Yeah. Um, someone Franks. Someone, one of the Franks will be there. One of the Franks will be there. One of the Franks there. will be there. Uh, and then Retallick and Whitelock in the second row. They can play a bit. They can play a little bit. So it's it's hard. You know, you've got you've got a you've got a front five that has. And it's going to be dynamic and big and good scrummagers. If you saw some of the highlights of that France game, New Zealand were pumping France in the scrum. They had like Slimani and all those big lads. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it is going to be a test. It's going to be a test. Look, I, I all, this is why I think you put McGuigan in. And maybe I'm being stupid. Because I think we got to just go for the win. I mean, we've got to go for the win. <laughs> we've got to go for the win. I think like, we've got I to just, go for the win. Yeah, I know, it's, it's a completely shit chat, but it's there's no chance that we're going to... I don't know what the right way right way to sort of say this is, but I think we've got to shock them a little bit. We've got to take chances. I think Finn Russell's got to put in those yeah. little kicks. We've got to put in crossfield kicks. If there's one thing that they, they don't like being under pressure, the New Zealand team, when people have got under this game, when the Lions got on top of them a little bit in the summer. They didn't react particularly well. Yeah. But I don't think... Scott, I, I mean, I don't want to be ridiculously negative. I think a good result here for Scotland is anything within two scores. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I think if we keep it within a score at halftime and keep it within, yeah, two scores at full time, you leave, you leave there saying that's... That's a win. I think that's a great result, and you go into Australia thinking if we can replicate that performance, we've got a chance of beating Australia. Yeah, no, I agree. I just I can't see this Scotland team with the injuries that it's sustained, particularly up front, because I I think our backline is as good as it has been for 
20 years it's brilliant and it scores tries but yeah i just don't think we're gonna outscore new zealand on the just on the the platform that we're gonna get up front yeah um no i agree and i think there's a possibility we get hammered we did lose by 60 points to england or 40 points or whatever it was yeah like there is a possibility of the wheels coming off. I don't. I actually don't think it'll happen. I think a lot of those players who lost their heads a little bit down at Twickenham have been there. They'll know how to handle that sort of situation. I think being at Murrayfield's a different thing. But New Zealand are absolutely awesome at rugby. <laughs> <laughs> they are really, really good. That's why people tune in for this. This real. is it. This is it. We're the, so what do you think? Um, give, me a, give me a prediction. Chuck a number out there. I think New, I think New Zealand will win by. 23 points by 23 points I think between 20 and 25 I think yeah. I think that's the gap if you look at those two teams in paper 20 to 25 points yeah I think that's probably about right that I, I I'm roughly the same I th- as I say I think a good result is within two scores because I, th- I think that's where this Scotland team is and that's not to say that it's not a developing and getting better side but I think at the moment that is where we're at yeah although if Scotland do win Oh boy, if we win. Oh my God. That's going to be the best thing ever, isn't I'm it? I'm going to literally lose my mind. Darren Marfo, man of the match. I'm going to be having WKDs with Darren Marfo and Fingers Piano Bar <laughs> on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Opal, then Fingers. Yeah. With Darren Marfo. Exactly. Drinks on Daryl, obviously. Yeah. Well, we probably owe him one. Tovi will be having a Sambuca. Tovi on the Sambucas. Cool. Nice and good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will call it a day there. Yes. We, will be that. we will be back next week to review what has happened against New Zealand and preview the big Australia game where we're hoping to be joined by one of the guys from the uh, Green and Gold rugby podcast. Yes. Which will be good to get their insight on how this Australia team is shaping up. As always, guys, keep chatting to us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pods and join us on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pods and um, leave us a review on iTunes and we will read it out. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, Speak soon. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.